If you would open your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 17, picking up close to where we left off uh, last week. Acts 17. I'm going to read first the first four verses and I want to pray over the word as we receive it and get into it today. So Acts chapter 17 and starting in verse one, it says, after they passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. And as usual, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, including a large number of God-fearing Greeks, as well as a number of the leading women. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We incline our ear to what you would say today. Lord, we pray that you unite our hearts here in your presence uh, from all the other things that would try to draw us away from you, our attention, our affection. Unite our hearts before you right now uh, so that we can receive what you have for us. Uh, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are able to take uh, the poverty of my remarks and use it to bless and illuminate each heart here as we have need. And I thank you for building us up in our faith in Jesus name. Amen. So last week, or we're in the book of Acts, the beginnings of the church, right? And last week, uh, our missionary friends, Paul and Silas, and the team were in Philippi. And we talked about how they met Lydia and she came to know Jesus and how they met the slave girl and she was set free from demonic possession and oppression on her life and how that causes them issues in the community. They, they were beaten, arrested, thrown in jail, even into the inner jail. Uh, the Lord set them free. They even got the jailer saved on their way out, him and his whole household. It said he rejoiced because he had found uh, Christ or he had come to know God Almighty. And so after that, and, you know, the jailer is their friend now. And he's like, listen, y'all are going to be released. You're going to be let go. I've talked to the people in charge. Uh, they would like you just to kind of slip on out the back uh, and, and head on out of town. And Paul, being Paul, said, well, y'all beat us in public. Uh, you arrested us in public. You dragged us through the streets publicly. We would prefer a public apology uh, for what had happened. And Paul, being Paul, he got what he asked for. Uh, they came and, and apologized uh, for all that had happened. And then they went to Lydia's house, encouraged the church there one last time. And then they left town. And where we're picking up today is where they went. And, and it says they came to Thessalonica. And you'll notice in a lot of these pieces of text that we're reading, you'll see names of cities that match names of books that we run into later in the New Testament, right? Uh, Thessalonians. Uh, they were in the city of Philippi, Philippians. We'll see Corinth here in a few weeks, Corinthians. And, and so it's neat to see uh, as Paul visits these places, knowing that he would later like, write those letters to the churches in those cities, uh, reinforcing what he taught. You can kind of see what was being taught as he goes through there. And so here in Thessalonica, 
we see the same pattern recurring over again. Remember, when we're reading the book of Acts, we're going to see the same pattern over and over. The gospel is preached. Many receive it and are glad. And there are others who resist it, reject it and become angry and even rage against it. Right. One or the other. Like it keeps happening. Same thing over and over and over and over. Why do we keep going and, and reading into it? Because each situation has something in it that we can learn from. But the first thing we learn is that in every city, everywhere that the gospel is preached, as long as the gospel has been preached, the good news of Jesus Christ, the message of the cross, there will always be those who receive it and there will always be those who reject it. And it will be one or the other because the gospel demands a response. The gospel demands a Response, And so we see that and, and, and we have to remember that even though sometimes the rejoicing is done quietly, like the jailer wanted them, All right, I'm going to rejoice in it. I want y'all to slip off quietly. Sometimes the rejoicing happens quietly in our own hearts, our own minds and our own lives. Well, the rejection is much more public. And so we have to be sure we weigh that out when we're enduring any type of persecution is that even in the face of persecution, because of the joy that they encountered in knowing Christ Jesus and being called by his name, the church continued to grow and to spread. And that's what we're going to see again here in Thessalonica. In the first four verses there, it says, as usual, they did what? What did they do when they went to a new area? They would go to the synagogue first. They would go to where the Jewish population would gather to talk about the scriptures and to worship the Lord together. And they would start there. And it says, Paul went there to the synagogue and on three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the scriptures. Three Sabbath days, three weeks, in other words, he kept coming back. He didn't just come once, talk to him about it a little bit, see what happened. He kept coming back and we see some consistency there, both from him as an evangelist, as a missionary going and taking the message, but also from those that were coming to listen. They kept coming back as well. The body kept coming back. And, and as they heard, they grew and they kept coming back. And we see that even in our lives today. We keep coming to hear the message. We keep coming to be encouraged. We keep coming to be built up in our faith consistently. Amen. Amen. And so he's preaching this message to them and it gives us a window into what the message was. He says, from the scriptures, he reasoned with them, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and rise from the dead, saying, this Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah. This reminds us of, of Easter just last week, right? Resurrection Sunday. This is that message that Christ came. He's the Messiah. He suffered for your sins. He died, but he rose from the grave and he lives yet today. He's letting them know that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one that you're looking for. These were people that were coming to the religious assembly. They're looking for something. And Paul comes with the message that Jesus is the one you've been waiting for. Jesus is the one you've been looking for. You have had your hope held on the Messiah. The Messiah has come. His name is Jesus. They missed him because he, he didn't come as a king. He came as a servant. And they were surprised that the Messiah would suffer for his people. The Messiah is supposed to send people to crosses. He's supposed to uh, rule and reign. He's supposed to dominate. But Jesus came as a servant and took on the humble form of a servant 
even to the point of the cross. Amen. And so Paul is going through this with them and he's going back to the Old Testament. And he's teaching them that this was actually about Jesus. You think about passages like Isaiah 53. I know he's going over things like that with them to let them know Jesus is the one that you're looking for. And just like the pattern, verse four, some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, including a large number of God fearing Greeks, as well as a number of the leading women. So you see people were persuaded. Even, you know, I love it. It says the, the leading women are joining the movement. And, and there were very few societies in that area where women were more free than some of these towns where he is visiting. And they saw the message of Jesus and they wanted to be a part of that. And in it, they, they continued to flourish. They didn't lay down uh, their aspects or parts of their character that caused them to lead in their community, but they took that along with Christ and they led from that position. It's just a blessing there to, to read that when you're told that Christianity is a tool to suppress women. Amen. The kingdom is not a tool to suppress women. It's not a tool to suppress anyone because we're all created in the image of God. Amen. So it's just a blessing to see that, that even in that day, the leading women are coming, joining the movement. And like I said, not laying down the gifts and the callings that God had on their life. But as is the pattern where there's acceptance and where the gospel's preached, there's also resistance and persecution. And we see that starting in verse five. I'll read it. Five through nine. But the Jews became jealous and they brought together some wicked men from the marketplace. They formed a mob and started a riot in the city, attacking Jason's house. They searched for them, for the preachers, for the missionaries, to bring them out to the public assembly. When they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city officials shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. And Jason has welcomed them. They're all acting contrary to Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king named Jesus. The crowd and city officials who heard these things were upset. And after taking a security bond from Jason and the others, they released them. So, again, we see this pattern. They're rejecting the gospel. It said they came and they saw what was happening and they were jealous. They, they weren't righteously indignant. They were jealous because they wanted the spotlight. They were jealous of the crowds that were being drawn as the message of Jesus was being preached and they became angry. And it says that they went and got some wicked men from the marketplace. That language right there just means bad dudes that don't hold down a job and just are there to make trouble. Loafers not working, you know, a man not working, not doing the right things with his hands is going to find the wrong things to do with his hands. And he, and so they, they, they look to them, they, they get them stirred up because, again, they've got nothing else to do. And then they start to look for the preachers. Again, when the Lord starts moving and changing your life, you're going to see jealousy come out sometimes in the in the hearts of others. It's just going to have to be something that you deal with. And this is something that they were dealing with. And they, they to the point where they turn to the wicked for help. It says the, the Jews, those who said that they feared God, turned to the wicked men for help and raise a riot. 
And then they go to this man named Jason's house. I'm assuming this is where the church was meeting. This is where people were known together in the name of Jesus. They go to that place, which is good to be known as that place, right? Sometimes the mob's going to show up. The mob shows up. They're looking for Paul. They're looking for Silas. They're looking for those that are preaching Jesus. They don't find them, but they find this man named Jason. We've never heard of Jason before, but apparently it's his house and he has welcomed them into his place. And so this is obviously a place that the church would uh, gather. They meet, eat, pray. And he had a reputation for this is a house where Jesus is, is talked about. This is a house where Jesus is lifted up. And so Paul and the team weren't there. They wanted to grab them up. They weren't able to grab them up. So instead they take Jason and they drag him out into the street in front of the city officials. Now, listen, you may catch heat for the message of Jesus. You may catch a little bit of heat. Jason's catching. He didn't even done anything. He wasn't out there preaching. All he's doing is worshiping his house, his place. And then all of a sudden the heat comes to his house. But listen, I will tell you, if you catch heat, make sure it's for Jesus and not because you're a jerk. If we catch persecution, we need, to, we, need to, we need to evaluate real quick and go, wait a second. What's my attitude been like? What's my heart been like? Is this because of the gospel or is this because of Stephen's attitude? Because my attitude can catch me some persecution. That one's on me. Jason's catching it because he has been lifting up the name of Jesus. They, they drag him out and they say, he, th these people who have been turning the world upside down, or causing trouble everywhere they go, stirring things up everywhere they go, talking about the missionary team. He said, now they've come here and they're teaching what is contrary to Caesar, that there is another king named Jesus and Jason's welcoming them. Dun, dun, dun. This is why we've drug him out. And so thankfully he was able to get bonded out. They got him bailed out there and it didn't go any further than that. No earthquake needed this time. And but just as you see with the pattern, there's acceptance and rejoicing over the gospel. And then there's also rejection and often leading to persecution of those who would believe. It just stirs up something in the hearts of wicked and evil people when the gospel goes forth because they're fighting for all their worth to resist it. And they feel like they have to fight you as a form of fighting against him. Amen. But again, just like the pattern, when the heat gets hot, the missionaries go a little bit too, a little bit too heated right now. We've been here for a few weeks. There's been a riot. That's when it's about time to move out of town for a little bit. You know, I'm sure they probably didn't want more people like Jason to be drug out into the street. Obviously, the people in the city didn't want anything to happen to those preaching the gospel. And so they say, hey, until the heat dies down, go on to the next city and then come back when it's safe after the, the riot has died down. And that's going to get us to verse 10. And verse 10 through 15 is where we'll, where, where we'll spend the rest of our time today. I said, I'd like to walk through and, and show you what's happening. But in chapter 17 and in verse 10, remember they just left out of Thessalonica. As soon as it was night, the brothers and sisters sent Paul and Silas away to Berea, and upon arrival, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. The people here were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Consequently, many of them believed, including a number of prominent Greek women 
as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul at Berea, they came there too, agitating and upsetting the crowds. Then the brothers and sisters immediately sent Paul away to go to the coast. But Silas and Timothy stayed on there. Those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens. And after receiving instructions for Silas and Timothy to come to him as quickly as possible, they departed. So we go to another city and the same thing happens again. But I'll, again, we're going to look into the details. They go to Berea, to a synagogue, same song, another verse. But it notes that the people of Berea were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. Or they were, more, yours may say, more open-minded, more noble-minded. That word noble is, is used to talk about normally wealthy people, high-to-do people, uh, uh, people of substance and of capability in an area, high class in other words. But here he uses it to talk about their character and their mind. They were more noble-minded than those who were in Thessalonica. And the ones in Thessalonica received, right? There were many that received, heard, received, believed, and rejoiced in Christ Jesus. But it says the Bereans received the message with eagerness and they examined with discipline the scriptures. See that? End of verse 11. They received with eagerness and examined the scriptures to see if these things were so. See, Paul's pattern of preaching was, again, to go into the Old Testament to point out this has been talking about Jesus the whole time. The Messiah that was being proclaimed in the Old Testament has come. His name is Jesus. He suffered. He died. He rose from the grave. And he is the Messiah that it was promised, the one that you've been waiting for, showing them how all the prophecies applied to Jesus uniquely and completely. And the Bereans took this message. They grabbed a hold of it and then they took it with them and tested it against the scriptures themselves. It says daily he was there speaking with them and they took this with eagerness and examined the scriptures to see if these things were so. They grabbed hold of it, but it sounds like they were already in the scriptures regularly, doesn't it? It sounds like they were already spending time in the scripture. So what's the result of them searching the scripture? It says, consequently, or therefore, or because of what was just said, now something else is going to be a product of that. Because they searched the scriptures, because they took it with them and examined the scriptures to see if these things were so, consequently, many of them believed, including a number of prominent Greek men and women. Consequently, because of their searching, they believed. The more they looked, the more they saw. The more they searched, the more they saw Jesus in the scripture. It reminds me of what Paul wrote in Thessalonians. He would write to the church at Thessalonica. Chapter 5, verse 21, he said, don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things and hold on to what is good. That was the pattern that the church at Berea was following. They're receiving, they're testing, and they're holding on to that which is 
good. And it says they were more noble minded than those uh, who were in Thessalonica because they were doing this. This is our encouragement today. I cannot emphasize enough how much we need that noble character like the Bereans as we walk around in this world today. A daily commitment to the scripture because we live in an age where everyone is ready to give you an explanation for how things work. Everyone has an idea. Everyone has an opinion. And now everyone has a platform. Everyone. And you have so many lining up, ready to tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. This is how it works. This is how life works. This is how you work. This is how things are going to work. In an age where we have access to so much information, again, with everybody ready to tell you how it is, it can be overwhelming. And what we need is the truth. There is so much craziness. I see so many videos of people having their little say, their little 30 to 90 second spill on what, what their thoughts are. Most of them, I've seen so many just ranting against God, ranting against the church, ranting against Jesus. Some of them saying it's never been real. It's never going to be real. Here's why and here's why and here's why. And what about this and what about this and what about this? And in a brief video with no opportunity for rebuttal, right? Nobody is there going in. What he's talking about has been a heresy that has been talked about for hundreds of years. No, but it sounds new to some people's ears when you have this and they're just able to spout these, their explanations, again, without opportunity for rebuttal. Some of them are anti-God. Some of them are, are, are false about God and the church. We have to have a way to filter this. We have to have a way to take this, test it, and hold on to what is good and flee from what is not. Amen? It's, it's said in Thessalonians, don't despise God using people to speak into your life, but test all these things. Test them by what? By the truth. Just like the Bereans did. What made them of noble character? They got the message and they said, all right, let's, let, let, let's double check here. All right, let's go back to the text here. Let, let's go and search out in the scriptures to see if what Paul is saying is confirmed here or if it's shut down by this. We, we're not arrogant. We're, we're quick to hear. We want to listen. We want to hear people's story. We want to hear what they have to say. We're, we're slow to speak and slow to wrath, but we're going to test everything. Because we have access to the truth, we shouldn't neglect it. Amen? We should cherish it. We should hold it close. We should spend time in it and with it because it's not just knowledge. It is life and health to all of us. Every single part of us. We need to cherish it so that we can test the things we're presented with and know if they're of the truth or if they're not of the truth. Right. Absolutely. That's the first piece of it. We want to be able to test the thing. That's why we go to the scripture. So we know what the truth is. We're free in that. We don't let anybody put something on us that the, that the scripture doesn't put on us. We want to be able to test things. That, that's that's the first reason that we want to be deep in these scriptures. The second one is the reason why I brought this rocket today. Now, I didn't want to set it up here to first start with. It's pretty. Uh, 
pretty large and it probably would have drawn too much attention. Now, this is Ryan's rocket. I knew y'all would know what that was. Um, Ryan is a little boy who I guess started making videos on YouTube. Probably not that long ago because he's still pretty young. And apparently he's made millions of dollars making videos on YouTube. Gets lots of views, everybody sees it, everybody pays attention to it. Cute little kid, he's doing stuff with toys and things like that. Little ones like my Luke love those kind of videos. And because he's gotten so popular, he's gotten into some merchandising including this right here and other things. There's toothpaste in my house with this kid's face on it. So Luke, his birthday is Saturday. And he had what he called his early birthday last weekend because we had a lot of family over where she was gonna have his birthday out of town so they weren't gonna be able to come. So some of them brought him presents. Most people just gave him money, which he was fine with. He loves getting dollar bills. And so he had to take it then and go to Walmart and spend it. And they come home with this Ryan's rocket. Now, we could play prices right real quick. And I could ask you how much you think this costs. But I don't think you would get high enough to win. You know, you're thinking maybe 15, 20 dollars, maybe 25 if you really looked into it. Uh, no, it costs closer to 50 bucks for Luke to get this with his early birthday money. And it's a complete ripoff. I will tell you, it is a complete ripoff. Ryan is out here ripping people off. Uh, but what this is, it's a rocket ship and it's got uh, different compartments, right? So you kind of look at it like, all right, you got buttons and this looks like it folds out. And in this, all these little compartments open up and they're empty now, but what they had in them were uh, blind bags. Anybody know what a blind bag is? Let me tell you what blind bags are. Blind bags, you buy at the store for $5 and it has a $1 toy inside it. But it's neat to the kids because they don't know what's inside it. It's a, it's a blind, I don't know what it is. It might be something great. It's never something great. But it was full of all these little blind bags. So it's got all these little red bags and he's opening it up. It may have a character in it. And one of them had uh, this card in it and it just says mission control on it and it's real green colored and it's bright. And um, one of them had the pieces to make a little car, like a little rover that would drive on the moon or something if you were to land it on there. Was a, some of them just had sand. I was like, why is he giving me bags of sand and having me open this at my house? This is not, anyway. So those are blind bags and it's full of those kind of things. And Luke is just loving every minute of it. And I, somehow, since Kelly went with him to buy it, I got to help him open it. And that's a whole event in itself because you got to, you know, you're cutting all these straps off and you got to make sure he stays back because that's kind of dangerous. And I obviously don't want to cut myself. But so dad has to help with that because it's all zip tied together. Uh, I think Ryan and his dad are doing this in the garage and they're shipping them out. But anyway, we're opening all of these things and he's just ecstatic. He's just finding all this stuff. And we're basically just trying, you know, again, you got little handles in different places and oh, that one you had to push up here. Yeah. And so you can kind of like you, you can feel your way through some of the deals on Rise Rocket and we, we make it almost all oh, there's some of the people falling out there. And so you got all of that and he's looking for 
Ryan. He's like, I don't know where Ryan is. I found all this other stuff. There's got to be another blind bag. I don't find Ryan. And I looked at the, I had looked at the box and I said, there's supposed to be some kind of blaster in here too. You know, like a space time blaster. And I said, have you seen it? He's like, I think this is it. I was like, no, that's not, that's not it. I was like, it's supposed to be pretty big. So we can't find this blaster and we can't find Ryan. And we're looking all over this thing. And again, it's not, it's not real complex and it does make noises if you, so, you know, that's worth at least a couple dollars probably. But uh, anyway, we can't find this stuff. And I was getting tired, so that was probably affecting me a little bit. I can't find the blaster. He can't find Ryan. And we're looking and we're looking and we're looking. And I even go back out to the trash. And I was like, maybe we threw something away in the box. You know, we didn't get everything out. Maybe there's some compartments in there we didn't find. There wasn't anything in the trash like that. But what I did find were the instructions that comes with it. And I was like, okay, we could probably check this. And so the instructions said, uh, okay, to, to get the blaster out, you've got to take the card that I didn't think was really anything. I thought it was just, you know, part of Ryan's grift uh, to have this. It's like you have to take this card and you have to plug it in this slot in the back, not labeled, not marked, and then you have to pull this handle out and then you've got the little blaster. I'm like, well, that's where the blaster is. Like, that makes sense. I mean, I would have never thought that it would have been in there. But then he said, well, where is Ryan? Still haven't found Ryan. And to find Ryan, the instruction said, you have to take hold of this. It said, take one hand and put it up here and one hand and put it back here. It was getting descriptive and just yank it. It didn't say yank it, but that's what I understood it to say. You had to like pull it off. I was like, who would have ever thought that you would have to do that? Pull it off. It sounded like I'm going to break it, right? And then you still, you open this up and it's, you know, nothing. But then you push down on this part and then little Ryan pops out. And so that was, a, this wasn't a commercial or me trying to get YouTube views. Um, <laughs> And be like Ryan, even though, you know, I could probably use that as a platform board if you had your will and your way. But so we're going through all this. And, and I, when we had to find those two things and we had to go back to the instructions, I remembered the Bereans. It made me think of it. And I was like, Lord, that's just I'm going to have to I'm going to have to jot that down. And I'm going to have to come back to it because we would have never found that we'd have never known about it. This little guy would have stayed in here just forever, like until forever, until it was in the landfill somewhere, not biodegrading uh, in one of our landfills somewhere. Why? Because you wouldn't have known it was there unless somebody had showed you. You wouldn't have known how it worked unless somebody told you. And, and that's why I needed those instructions. There was no way that I would have come across it without somebody showing me. Uh, without being led into it. There's some things you can intuit your way. Again, we knew how to, I mean, I'm just looking at it. I'm not an idiot. I know how to open compartments when I see compartments, but I didn't know those things were there and I didn't know how it worked and I needed somebody to tell me and I needed somebody to show me. And, and that is in large part what we receive from the scripture. It is God's story about the world. And it's letting us know this is what life really is. 
This is what people think life is. This is what life really is. This is what life is really all about. And there's things that I would otherwise miss, that I would do without, that I wouldn't get to see, that I wouldn't get to enjoy unless I spend time in his scriptures. Unless I go back and go, now tell me again the story of this life. Tell me again what this life is really all about. Tell me again how to walk that straight and narrow path. Because wide is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to salvation. Help me to know and help me to understand. And when I'm going through hardships to be able to go to his word and see where Paul said, it is through many hardships that you'll enter the kingdom or where Jesus said in this life, you'll have difficulty, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So then when I'm having difficulty, I know there's not just something wrong with me that this is part of this life here. But if I hold on to him, I'll be able to endure. But without seeing it in the Holy Scriptures, without him teaching it to me, I'm just trying stuff on my own. And sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. And I'll miss out on all that he has prepared for me if I don't go to the Scripture and spend time with him there. If I don't if I don't pursue the scripture, how can I walk in right understanding of what this life is really all about? And not just knowledge and understanding, but it touches down into the deepest parts of my heart because I'm able to see how big he is and how much he loves me and cares about me, what he has planned and purposed for me and to know that regardless of what happens, he is always with me as I'm in Christ. Amen. It tells me what life is really all about, what real life is about and that I can walk in it. And again, it's not just listening to someone else. They they received from Paul. Paul's giving them the message. Praise the Lord that, that somebody is always sharing. Somebody is always talking. Somebody is always teaching. But it said then they had to take it home with them. They had to take it back to the scriptures themselves. And that made them of so much more noble character than those who had come before them. So we take the scriptures and we test what we're hearing. We use it as our filter in this life to go, yeah, that's not really, I don't, I don't know about that. I need, to, I need to step back from that until things get a little bit more clear. Or this is the good that I can cling to. This is the good that my mind needs to rest on in the days, in the nights as I'm walking through this Life, And then I find so many things that I wouldn't have otherwise known about had I not been told. People perish for a lack of knowledge because they didn't know, but because they weren't able to understand. And he has given us the ability to know he has opened our hearts and opened our minds to understand the scriptures by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to cherish it. We have to pursue it. We have to embrace it and not just every once in a while, but just like the consistency we saw when we first read that Paul came on the Sabbath day and then he lived in the city with them for a week. And then he came back the next Sabbath day as people were gathering. And then he stayed in the city for a week and then he came back again the next Sabbath day that there was a consistent application of the gospel and the scripture in his life and in their life. And people received and rejoiced and were blessed. Amen.
And then go, and obviously people resisted, but then you go to Berea and you find people of even more noble character who said, now we're going to test this against the scriptures. And we have to know that. So if we end up in a situation like Jason, who, man, we just thought we just holding a home group at our house. We're just loving the Lord and we're trying to do what, what's best and we're trying to seek the kingdom. And all of a sudden we're getting dragged through the streets for it. All of a sudden we're experiencing persecution for it. What do I hold on to? Because I can't just hold on to times being good because right now times aren't good for Jason. Times were tough for him. He had a tough little road there for the name and the cause of Jesus Christ. But he, I believe, held on because the message dwelt within him richly, as it'll say later in uh, the church to Colossae, to the Colossian church. Then may the word of God dwell in you richly. Amen. That, that, that we live with it because that is how we live. Like I mentioned, reading back in the Psalms, it is by your light that we see light. And it is by your wellspring that we drink of the waters of life. And so much of that in our Christian experience, our Christian life is going to come through everyday, ordinary exposure and communion with God in the scripture. Ordinary. It means you, you may read and go, hmm, that's good. And, and you know, nothing set on fire. An angel didn't show up. There wasn't anything that was just overwhelming. But every day, ordinary discipline in the scripture, spending time with him will develop in you a discipleship and a knowledge over time that will be priceless Amen. when you encounter difficulty. Because the time to fix the roof is not when it's already raining outside. The time to get up on the roof is whenever the sun's shining, the weather's nice, it's not too hot, it's not too cold. The, the time to be checking on things and looking into things is when everything is going well. Because on the days when the wheels fall off, you won't have the time or the mental capacity to go, I just feel like I need to get the scriptures out. and Just, just know, because you'll need to pull on what you've already had deposited into your heart, building up that noble character by spending time with him because if not the wheels will fall off and you won't be able to grab it up for a while and thankfully even in that situation he doesn't leave us doesn't forsake us but we also don't end up with access to all the areas of the Christian life that we would have access to if we spent the time with him amen we want to be like the Bereans of noble character taking any message and filtering it through the word of God, the scripture that he's so graciously given us access to. And then we want to pursue him in it because it teaches us what life is really all about. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. For, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. You didn't have to, but you chose to. And the method that you chose, Lord, is this it, one of the methods that you chose is this scripture that we're able to hold in our hands. God, all that happened to bring it to right here, all those who, 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 who struggle against persecution to make sure that it was brought right here to us. Lord, many have died to ensure that this was carried forward in a way that we could see it and have it translated and understand it. And I thank you, Father, that you have held it in consistency the whole time. I thank you, Lord, that it is life to all of our 
flesh. And, and Lord, I pray that you will help us in the everyday, in the ordinary, be faithful to spend time with you in the avenues of grace that you have put before us. God, one of them be in your holy scriptures, that we would know this text, that we would see the story of the world and see our place in it and see how big you are and how good you are and all that you have made available. God, that will filter everything through the truth that you've given us. And as we pursue you, we will find there access to life and godliness that you've given to us. You've given us everything that we have need of for life and godliness. If we'll walk in it, if we'll pursue it, if we'll commit ourselves to it. And I thank you, Lord, that it'll be with us on the good days when everything feels great. And it'll be with us on the tough days when we need to be reminded that even though we don't feel great, that you are great and that you are close. And we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that, that it can be said of us, just like Jason, that, the, that Jesus is talked about at his house. That those of the church are welcome at his house. That this is where the message is proclaimed is at Jason's house. And Lord, we'll be like the Bereans of noble character. These are the people that search the scriptures. Now, again, not arrogantly, not letting knowledge puff us up, Lord God, but wholeheartedly and lovingly seeking you where you may be found. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we get ready to go, I thank you that you bless us and keep us. You make your face to shine on us and give us peace. Our, our, our loved ones that are going to be traveling back today, I thank you that you bring them back uh, with mercy and grace. I thank you that their time spent uh, with you and with one another, you're going to build on that. And you're going to take it into the ordinary of tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Uh, and I thank you for growth and, and grace there upon them. And Lord, I thank you that you are available to us. You've made yourself available. Let us not neglect that. And Lord, I pray that you keep us safe. And as we go through this week, that you keep our eyes open so that we'll see opportunity to enter a word of encouragement, to enter a, a, a word in a good word in season, how good it is. Lord, that you've given us words of life to be able to speak from your scripture and the hope in Jesus Christ. And we wouldn't neglect that either. Lord God, and you sustain us until we return uh, together again under your name, under your banner uh, to, to worship you together. We love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.